um, who are here this week for a, what we do is called the Metamodel Conference. We've been telling you a little bit about that. If you're from another center visiting us, please stand so we can love and appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So do you want to awaken and walk your spiritual path? Are you sure? It's not an easy thing to do. It means deprogramming yourself from many of the ways the world thinks and acts and responds, a.k.a. deprogramming you from the way you think and act and respond. Yes? The first quantum leap into this consciousness is this thing called oneness, the idea that there's only one here. The world is my reflection. There's nothing happening but my life smiling, or not smiling, back at me. That's our first statement of truth that brings us into this idea. You know, Thursday morning, Tom, Bob, and I were driving um, to our Michigan, mine and Patrick's Michigan home, and not mine and Tom, Bob's. (laughs) And Patrick's gone somewhere, so I guess it's yours. And we were down on the south side at the Starbucks just before getting on the tollway, and I locked my keys in the car. And I have a Prius, and it's those little magnetic keys, but the battery had run out, so the car didn't say, don't lock me. It just locked down. Not only that, his and my phone were in the car because we were (laughs) just stopping to get some coffee and be on our way. And so we got to the car, and no phone no keys, and it just won't open in any way. So we just took a walk down the street, and we landed in a laundromat. And we thought, well, they must have a hanger in a laundromat. So we walked in, and we asked for some help, and this wonderful man came out, and he said, I will help you. And he went back, and he came out with all the tools that were necessary to get in the car, the Slim Jim, the this, the that, all of it. So he came, and he walked over to the car with us, and he, you know... And it was hard. The, the Prius was not letting us in. It, the, the alarm was going off each time we tried. And it would even, we'd get to the key, we'd, he'd get in there and he'd push the button, but it still would not open. I mean, this thing was on lockdown. And so we said, well, we might have to drive back up north and find the other key and then come all the way back there. Well, this man goes, I'll drive you. And I said, that's like 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back just to take care of this. He goes, that's right. I said, well, I will gladly pay you for your time. And he said, oh, no, no, you, you don't pay me for my services. So they tried a little longer, and finally they did get into the passenger door and, and, and did unlock the car, which was wonderful. And so I said to him, of course, I said, please let me pay you. And he said, no, no, I don't, I don't want any money for, for helping you. And I said, I have money. I love to give my money away. Please. <laughs> Please, Thursday morning Southside, not after service, by the way. There's very specific time and locations. <laughs> and he was just this beautiful man, as calm a person. He just said, no, I do not take money for my services. And he went on his way. It was absolutely beautiful. I thought, yes, I am one with that angel. I am one with that. 
It's so fun to affirm our oneness with all the good that's happening in the world. We see something fabulous. Oh, I'm one with that. That's, my, my karma's good. I'm attracting this. I am, I am in the law of attraction. I am, I am making goodness happen all around me. And this is true. We absolutely want to affirm our oneness. It is fun to affirm that we are one with the sunshine. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But that's level one of our spiritual awakening. I am one with all good, yes. I am worthy and wonderful, yes. You absolutely are. And we need to build this worthiness up because we have been told we're in the, on the furthest edge of centuries of being told the opposite. The world said for centuries, no, you are not good, this guy Jesus is. Or God is the good one, you are the sinner. And you must be. I mean, you, you want things that make you feel good, you bad person. <laughs> you must be a sinner. You have sexual desire. You probably want me right now, don't you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> So fired. (laughs) They told you you were separate from God and that you can only hope to be one with him if you're good, which you'll never be because you're a bad, because you're a sinner. It is a no-win equation. And we need to deprogram ourselves, mind, body, and spirit, from this, these equations that really are very, very deep within our subconscious and at times conscious mind. So our spiritual path, very in a large way, especially in the beginning for us, is a deprogramming process. It is a detoxing of all the stories that you've been told, that you've heard, and that reside in the collective consciousness of humanity here in our culture, and then extends even beyond to all the cultures, because the first quantum leap is oneness. So the fact that you are here incarnated in this huge, dynamic race consciousness of of fear and false beliefs and separation, we need to remove ourselves, release ourselves from all of that. And so we do build the foundation. I am good. I am worthy. I am one with the goodness of God. I am free to want what I want. I am free to love what I am. I am free to appreciate all of my desires, all that is within me. And we affirm that over and over because upon that foundation, once that is solid, a great foundation to build, then we can take the next quantum leap. Then we become strong enough to take the next step, which is to lead us into looking at an including in our consciousness even that which isn't so pretty, even that which doesn't look so good and make you go, oh, yes, I created that. It's the next under, it's the underbelly of it because we, we can't have the over and without the under. We've got to, at some point in your spiritual evolution, expand enough to include all of it. And the way to do that is having that foundation in place. I am one with the goodness of God. Therefore, I now have the foundation, the base, and the strength to look at that which appears to be other than. Appears to be other than. And so our quantum leap number two is we name it and we claim it as our own. We affirm that I am powerful creator, that this is somehow mine. 
and I am willing to see how it is so. I am one with the generous angel who served me to help get into my car, of course. And I am one with the quote-unquote thief who takes what is quote-unquote not his. I'm one with all that is happening. How is that possible? That's a great question. And that's the grappling that happens between, if you will, stage one and stage two. We grapple one power, no, there's two. One power, no, there's two. One power, no, there's two. And we go back and forth. But that's a wonderful place to be. That means you're waking up. Even the fact that you are contemplating the idea of one power and then not getting it and contemplating and not getting it, you're in a wonderful place of, of being retooled, refined, prepared. to, to you're, you're sloughing off. All of the old, but it's got so much seduction in it. It's so much. Surely that cannot be me. That cannot be me. You see, minus the foundation of all good, all God, the knee-jerk reaction, the gut reaction is to blame, to point fingers, to say, that person is clearly the bad guy. That person who's doing that is clearly the one who's the problem. And if we would just get rid of them then we would be fine. I think we have in our society and in the world got rid of enough thems that if that would have worked, it would have worked by now. Do you agree with that? It will not work. We can war and war and war all all day long, and in fact, we have. We will continue that fighting out there, but the equation doesn't work. There is no out there. There is no other. So as long as we keep projecting and persecuting that person over there, we will never move forward on our spiritual path. You will never move forward on your spiritual path if you keep projecting out that which feels repulsive. And so the foundation of all good, all God, creates, allows you to create enough space where you can go, okay, let me just be here for a moment with this because that's what it feels like. That's me. Oh my God, I can barely taste this. That's what, isn't it like that sometimes? I cannot taste the part of me that is so, ugh. But if you can, if you can, take, if you can spend a couple seconds with it, you're, you're, you're on your way because the next time you're going to be able to spend 10 to 20 seconds with it. And then there's going to be a time you're sitting in meditation and this, ugh, is going to come. You'll be like, okay, I can be with this. I can be with this because that which appears to be outside other distasteful is simply calling out to be returned to love. The Course in Miracles says there is love and there is that which is crying out for love. And you see, our prisons, we say they're filled with prisoners. If we, as long as we have that consciousness, we will remain filling the prisons with prisoners. But when we shift our consciousness, and this is inside and outside, by the way, when we shift our consciousness from the idea that those are prisoners and actually those are people, and that they are thieves, and in fact they are people that are crying out for love, for wholeness, to return, when we can embrace that, then you'll all be running to hang out in that place because it'll be a good place to be. It'll be a good place to be. And that's in here, too, because you have prisoners in here. You have those parts of you that you have jailed off and keep them off to this and keep them over here. We do it in our consciousness. So how can we not do it in the world? The world is a reflection of what is happening inside of you. So the foundation of God is all good takes us to the deeper level where we can start to go, what am I refusing to see in myself? And then in our spiritual practice, you suddenly are given the keys where you're able to unlock those prison cells inside your mind. And those things can start coming out. And they're scary at times. They can really get you. But if you'll 
be in your prayerful spot, if you'll keep doing your spiritual path and your walk, they will transform before your eyes. And all you need is a couple of those boogie boos to, to transform. You just need a couple. You can sit with a couple of them and you start to see the glory of God that's sort of vibrating just like a little spine in the center of it as it unravels. And then you realize that that's our work. That's our spiritual path. Now it's a deep inward journey. But remember, you have the foundation. It's possible to look at this inside of oneness, not run away in fear and stay in the game. You see, a lot of us have been running away. When it gets too tough, let's go in your lives for a moment. When it gets too tough, you say, oh, that person, oh, that's a hard time. Oh, I can't, I got to go. You know, I got to say this. I got to call, I love, I love our new members. Thank you for joining. And I will say that commitment is a scary thing in this room, boy. You want people to leave, say the C word. (laughs) Want to commit? Woo, I got to go. I got to (laughs) go. But it's in the game. Level two is in the game. You can't leave. You, we got to give up the in the game, out of the game. In the game when it's fun, out of the game when it's hard. In the game when I'm having a good time, out of the game when it gets messy. You can't move forward if you can't, if not willing to step into the messiness. Because what we do is we own it, we own it, we own it. Not by blame, not by self-persecution, by responsibility and the consciousness of love. This is mine and it's not real. This is, the, the gunk is not real. It's just like a ghost. That's around the goodness. When you really begin to see through that, you become so powerful. And then the people that you see that appear to be so different and so other than become yours, your responsibility. I was on a panel yesterday at Center on Halstead, and it was very profound for me. I feel like I sat there going, what the heck am I doing on this panel? Because there were people that worked, and it was for the LGBTQ world and, and, and how religion is abusing them. And so I wanted to come in as this light of hope and, you know, we're one. Yeah, they weren't interested. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't interested because they were so needed to tell their story of how broken they were. And I didn't know how broken they were. People, I got to tell you, we got it freaking good here. I mean, you know... We got it good here. And I don't, I don't want to negate your problems. I mean, you're working on different levels of being. I don't want to negate it. Like, like, you've got your survival stuff in place, so you're working on the psychic level. You're really be able to, you're doing subtle work, which is really beautiful. It really is good. And every once in a while, as I was sitting on this panel, I was like, I got to get out of here. I mean, not, I, I got to get out of here. I got to even get out of here sometimes and go see what needs to be done because we can't sit here in this, in this little great space and go, woo, aren't we great? We're so, you know, we can't, I can't do that. I'll say I, sitting there listening to these people's stories, how some, you know, I just want to tell you one thing that occurs. I didn't know that these um, beautiful um, black LGBTQ people have to take a bus two hours of time to travel, come up to Sonar and Halstead and Howard Brown up on the north side. They have centers down the south side, but they can't go there because of their churches and their family, because of the racism and the homophobia. They cannot go there in their own backyard. So these people travel for hours to come up here to get services, to get help, except, to get, except there's racism and, and ideas about these south side people. So they come travel all this way, and they don't get help because they're too busy being persecuted by the people on the north side. I was hearing all this story, and I'm like, oh, man. And they're like, Mark, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I really was in this place of, wow, 
But then I got to my next level. I said, this is mine. You see, I got separate from it. I was separated. I thought, oh, them. Oh, poor them. Oh, I didn't know. I went into this goofiness. That's what we do sometimes. I get goofy. But then eventually I settled down again. I said, there's one here. There's one here. This is my voice. This is me speaking. This is one. I can own this. I can say yes to this. I can be interested and curious about what my part might be. I'm not sitting up there by mistake, which is always my exit plan. (laughs) I'm just not meant to be here. Why did I get here? You ever do that? This just isn't mine to do. I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong room. That was my first step. But then, because I couldn't leave, I was stuck there. (laughs) Let's pray a little. Um, And I was able to create a wider space and, and... You know, everyone is beautiful. Everyone is telling their story. Everyone is seeking their good. Everyone everywhere is seeking their good. And what I remembered and realized is that in order for me to know my good, I got to pass it on. I've got to be willing to share it. I've got to see the oneness in these beloved people that are really suffering in a different way than I am and share the gifts and the blessings that I've received in my life because that's the way that they multiply. And I'll tell you, when, you t- when I take the time, when we take the time to do that, you go to bed at the end of the day feeling full. You really do. Your neurotic, silly problems are just nothing. They're nothing when we've taken the time to give our good away. You know, Pema Chodron says, the only reason we don't open our hearts and minds to other people is that they trigger confusion in us and that, that we don't feel brave enough or sane enough to deal with. To the degree that we look clearly and compassionately at ourselves, we feel confident and fearless about looking into someone else's eyes. Isn't that beautiful? And another quote by Nelson Mandela. If you want to make peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy. Then he becomes your partner. Your enemy is your partner in revealing the glory of God where it is perceived to be missing. Your enemy becomes your partner because in oneness, you're not separate. And suddenly you're able to say, what gift do you bring me? How can we work this out together? Because we appear to be in conflict. We appear to be on opposite ends, which means there's a great opportunity for both of us to have a shift, for both of us to awaken. And when we can move into partnership, when you, don't worry about them getting there or not getting there, when you in your mind and your consciousness move into partnership, with that which seems to be against you, then it begins to transform. Then the glory of God begins to reveal itself inside of you and who you will become, what is possible. On the other side, you cannot know because it's not your business to even figure out. We move into partnership with that which appears to be our enemy. Who are your enemies in your life right now? Who in your life have you marginalized? Usually, by the way, it's the people you're closest to, so you don't need to look very far. (laughs) Don't be all like, hmm, I don't know. Your wife, your husband, your lover, your child? We marginalize them, right? So don't don't get off on yourself. I'm not going to make you feel bad. Just open up. Who, who, Who is really, who can I partner with? Who is crying out to partner with me? These are your night angels. The guy who helped me with the car, he was my day angel. We have our night angels. They're all here to help us. So who are you resisting partnering with? Think about that. Think about that in your week ahead. 
Who, are, who, who had you heretofore called someone that was wrong, someone that was outside you, someone that was a pain in your butt, the person that was your problem? Could you flip that around and go, how could I partner with this, own this, and allow it to be transformed, which leads us to our third level, which is surrender. We must surrender, and you must hear this, because a part of your mind is thinking, I've got to figure this out. I've got to do this. I've got to, I've got to surrender. I've got to figure out how to make this work. I, 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 I is your problem, is the problem. This is not where you do something. This is where you go to the third level. And you really say, this is God's business. This is the higher consciousness. This is the part that is in oneness. This is the unconditioned love that that I am for sure. You've got to surrender the game so that that can rise up and transform it in powerful ways. Now you really have a chance to live a spiritual life. When you can allow yourself, and oh, people, surrender is not easy. It's not easy. Surrender calls us so deep into letting go, so profoundly deep. It's not easy. But that's where a whole new game begins. You get to live such a magnificent life inside of surrender because what you discover is that life is for you. What you discover is there's so much goodness wanting to find its way into your life. You're surrendering as it was read in the beginning from this thing called you by Ernest Holmes. You're just surrendering that which you don't even need. You're letting go of the game. And what you discover is there is a divine intelligence. There, is a, 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 there are beautiful, perfect equations that are just hungering to express themselves in your life. This is what's possible when you, when you give up the idea that you're doing anything, when you give up the idea that you have to fix something, when you give up the idea that you're separate in any way from this consciousness, and you just let all of that go, whoo, the goodness of God just rises up. Are you awake? Take a breath. All right. <laughs> Y'all like this. This is the God I can't. God, I can't. Like, like, throw down that towel fast. God, I can't, you can, and I let you. That's the consciousness. And the you is in the consciousness of oneness. It's inside. It is you. But you know what? At this level of consciousness, don't get trippy on language. You'll be wasting your time. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. Just, I can't, you can, I'm letting you. That you that is big, that you that is free, that you that is powerful. Surrender to that over and over and over. Last passage I want to read, the vine and the branches. I was never a fan of this one, but you know, the further along your path, you look back at Scripture and you're like, oh, that's what that meant. I was too in my eye to understand that. The vine and the branches, John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So, you know, in that, in that, if you don't get oneness, it's all, you go right knee jerk back to the, oh, I got to go to Jesus and this and that, and I can't do without that. And you just get, you just become a big brat. But... Inside the, inside the oneness, inside the oneness, suddenly it's like, I'm not making life happen. Who am I kidding? 
I'm not beating my heart. I'm not getting myself up. There is a life force that is doing this for me. There is a magnificent power and presence that is living through me. And yes, I'm that, but I can let that go. Just enjoy it for a day. Just practice letting yourself surrender to this amazing flow of life that does know where you're to go. It knows what needs to stay. It knows what needs to grow. It knows how to prune you back. It knows how to love you and cherish you and raise you and praise you more than you have ever experienced in your life. Good God, it is really good. It is really good. That's the surrender I'm talking about. When you can wake up and the first thing you do is not my will, thy will be done today. And you'll, you'll enjoy the ride. You'll know what to say. It'll still be a presence of you, but there'll be a flow that you're experiencing. Life will work in your favor more easily. And that is what we ultimately desire, for life to work in our favor. We're here. We're it. It's time. So we need to enjoy it. We want to let it flow and share it and express because the more we give it, the more available we become to have it. Yes? So repeat after me. I can't. I can't. God, can. God can. I surrender. I surrender. And so it is.